0: Great to uh, to be together this morning, and uh, we do miss the singles. They are in San Diego uh, with their um, catalyst retreat. Let me get this out of the way. I do appreciate Dad and Ellie putting together that program for the kids. I want to lift them up for doing a great job with uh, just shepherding the Pepperdine kids. You know, as Dad said, that uh, the kids are going to be uh, in finals next week and. Some of the kids will be going home, so basically if you're not doing well in the, your finals, your kids don't want you home. Your parents don't want you home. So do a great job next week, and uh, let us know if you need anything else. But they are the first one to go, and then uh, UCLA and then uh, uh, SMC also will follow with their finals. You know, today uh, we're going to be talking out of the book of the, uh, of the Joshua, uh, out of Joshua, And, uh, we want to go back and look at just when the people of Israel, uh, got together after their conquest of the land and how did Joshua set them up. But, uh, today we want to talk about that because we're entering, uh, a time in our church where we're going to be breaking down into smaller groups and, uh, getting our nutrients and getting our help from our groups and helping each other to, to really grow. But, uh. We'll be looking at that in a second, but I want to just go back and look at some of the people that, uh, that have been moving away, and that's kind of sad. I was, I was really sad to hear that uh, the Floreses and Amelia will be moving, and uh, they'll always be part of the West. So I want to remember a couple of these guys. And uh, this last week here, you remember this guy? David Griffith. And uh, Doreen and David moved away about a couple months ago, and I want you to keep uh, them in your prayers as well. Uh, David, uh, last week, uh, last, at the end of last year he found out that his cancer had come back and this is in the midst of all the moving and stuff like that so uh, this is a Skype call I took a snapshot of him and this is in his apartment in a Barbados so don't feel too sorry for him he's like a block away from the beach so as you can look in the background there you see the, uh, the winds flapping uh, in his window but please keep David in your prayers cancer came back he lives in Barbados, but he has to go to Florida um, once every three months to get his treatment. So this is a really crucial uh, year for David. Amen? I want to lift up Dad also. Uh, this past week, Dad received an award at Pepperdine. Dad is a big shot up in Pepperdine. And uh, this, is, uh, this is the second award that he's received uh, as an alumnus uh, from Pepperdine. He's the only one that uh, received all, both of the alumnus' um, awards. And this one is it's called the Torch, Torch Award, right? And, huh, the Golden Torch, sorry. The Golden Torch Award. And it goes out to the outstanding alumni for really helping the community and uh, really building uh, up the community as well. So uh, Dad, I didn't know you were such a big shot up uh, there. I just thought you were a graduate, but anyways. You know, our theme this year is one, and uh, we really, in our church, we've gone through quite a bit of transition over the last couple of years. And uh, we want to use this term here, one, because we are a multifaceted uh, community church. We have singles, we have campus, we have married, teens, preteens coming on up, and, and yet we have a lot of different needs. We have multiracial If you look around this group today, it's pretty amazing. Uh, One of these days, I want to just get a show of hands to see how many nationalities we actually have in this room. We have quite a bit. But with that comes challenges of just us doing different things and having different agendas and different ideas, which are good. But how do we bring that together? So our focus this year is one. And we came up with a calendar, a very simple calendar. I'm not as smart as that. I don't have all the metrics and stuff like that. I'm a one-page guy. I need everything on one page. So our theme this year is one, and guess what our theme next year is? Two. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Simple. Just keep it straight, okay? So our calendar is a reflection of that. We have three trimesters, and the first trimester we focus on one another, Uh, really getting into each other's lives and helping each other to get close in our relationship with God, and with one another as well. Next week, because of our regional service, uh, we canceled that one because of venue issues, so we figured it was great just to do a house church service, and it falls in line with what we want to do. Our church here on the west side cannot simply rely on just what's up front or the leadership group, the paid leadership group, the full-time leadership group, but it depends on all of us in this room that our family group leaders are really important. Because those are the daily touches that we get, you know, every week. We get together with our family groups. We talk to them. That's where Acts 2 uh, comes into the play. They met together every day in the temple courts. So our house church service coincides with also our midweeks, which is by small groups as well. You know, I've asked the small group leaders not to get a book or anything like that, but to draw from their own conviction. You know, about how to lead their group, how to form their group, how to work with their groups and uh, their own quiet times, their own relationship with God. Books are great. There's nothing wrong with books. Insights from other people are great. We learn from everybody. But really, God expects us to have the power and the conviction that comes from a personal relationship with God. So in the next few weeks, your small group leaders and your family group leaders well, wrestle through. It's not easy. You know, honestly speaking, you know, when you speak or when you have to do a lesson and stuff, it's really hard because it forces you to dig deep in, uh, in, your, uh, in uh, our relationship with God. In the book, in, in the month of uh, May, uh, we're going to transition from one another to one gospel. And within this trimester of four months, the main goal of this is to get everybody thoroughly equipped uh, for every good work. You know, when Lena and I had a chance to go overseas and work on these mission fields in these different countries, one of the most powerful tools that we had was what? Was the, the Bible itself. And really the realization of knowing that in any city that we go to, the fact that we can sit down with somebody and help them from the beginning to the end in just knowing who God is and what the gospel is, there is nothing more powerful than that. You know, speaking of a campus student, I remember I was, uh, I grew up not being a Christian at all. I had no idea what Christianity was. And I dabbled in it in, in high school and in college. But uh, I remember this one guy on campus studied the Bible with me. And uh, he sat me down, walked me through, and that experience changed my entire life. There was nothing that was greater than that experience. Somebody sitting down with me and teaching me who Jesus is, who Jesus, what he did, and uh, what was my uh, responsibility in responding to the gospel. So starting in May, we're going to look at one gospel. And again, we're going to move into house church uh, and our family group uh, for, for meetings. And we have different uh, uh, events that are going on there with the Latin ministry, Proclaima, and then the marriage retreat also on the 30th and the 31st. And then in June, really the highlight of this trimester is the first principle that we're going to be doing together, all together. All the ministries will come together and uh, do first principle. But it's a a revised version of first principle. It's first principle reduct. We've learned a few things in the last few years about how to study the Bible with people, how to outreach to our community. So that's what we're going to be doing uh, together. You know, today in the book of Joshua... They went through their conquests and uh, let me get this. They went through their conquests of the land that God had promised them, and what do you think that they did? They they got together and just chill out and relax, and you know got their metrics down to a 1.0 like Drew. What an easy life you got, Drew. Give me the secret and how you got a 2.0. Okay. So they finished their conquests, but really the work was still beginning. It was just the beginning. And I don't know how we feel today, how long we've been Christians. I look at the chart today. Some are one year, some are five years. Some of us have been Christians here for a long, long time. And we might think to ourselves, that's it. You know, I'm done. I'm just going to cruise my way up to heaven. Wrong. It's a rough road, my brothers, my sisters. I tell you, it's a long, long ways to go. And that's exactly what happened to these people in the book of Joshua. And Joshua, by this time, he was an old man in chapter 24 and chapter 25, and he challenges the people of Israel. He says, we've just begun. Don't get too comfortable. Don't get too excited that it's almost over. We've conquered the land. We're just beginning. You know, here's a statement that I, I wrote out and just something that we can grab on. If, if there's nothing else we get today, this is a statement. No matter what the circumstances are or will be, we are responsible for our own covenant relationship with God. You know, there are a few key words in this simple sentence. This is no matter what will be, no matter what our circumstances now and will be, I guarantee you that more challenges will come. You know, some of the college students in here, you think, man, life is tough. It is. I got those finals coming up. I got all these papers to write. It is tough. But wait until you get to the next stage. And then the stage after that. And you never arrive. You know, I got a GPS, and some of you guys have GPSs too. You punch into the destination, and when you get there, what does it say? It says, you have arrived. That is the only time that you will ever arrive anywhere. Because Lena and I, we thought we arrived. You know, we had, you know, Elizabeth and Nicole, and then here comes Gabby. And then Nicole, you know, Elizabeth's going to college. We thought, you know, we figured that out. Nicole's going to go into college. But there's a next step. There's a next step. There's always the next stage that this stage prepares you for. We'll never arrive until we really arrive. You know, the next word I want to talk about is this covenant. You know, we live in a society today that makes Christianity so easy. Right? Anywhere from all you got to do is believe to just as long as you have it in your heart, as long as you think it. But when we read, when we read the scriptures, it is a relationship with God, it is a covenant relationship, not the old covenant but we're living under the new covenant. It is still a covenant relationship with God. That word is a big word. What does it mean, covenant? You know, what does that mean? It means that there are two sides to this relationship. You know, Lena and I have been married for 23 years. When I was a young married man, I was so confident. I thought I was the greatest gift on earth to my wife, honestly. And when people ask he says, how's your marriage? You know what I would say? It's going great. It is awesome. I've learned over the years that when people ask me, how's your marriage, I say, go and ask my wife because that is more of the true barometer of where I'm at. It takes two. A lot of times we go, well, how's your relationship with God? And a lot of people go, It's great. I mean, it could be better, but it's pretty good. But the question is, how does God feel about his relationship with us? Now, how does our lives exemplify that? How does it show every day in the choices that we make, in the decisions that we make? How does that reflect our relationship with God? This morning, last night when we went to bed, What was our thought this morning? This is church service. It is not all there is to being a Christian. But it is one part of it. Did we make plans to come early? Did we make plans to come and encourage people? Did we make plans to really prioritize and really getting ready for our service today? Not just to sing a few songs, but how do we give to one another? How do we spur one another on, like the Bible says? How important was it For us to come and to be a part of giving. Not just to be here, but to be a part of pushing the church forward. Do we give our very best in a very practical way to God's church, God's kingdom? You know, I appreciate what Mark Shum shared about. Our focus is not on making a lot of money. You know, our focus lies somewhere else. There's a greater purpose. And I do believe that as Christians, as college students, we need to do our very best, amen? We need to really, the opportunities, I tell my daughters all the time, the opportunities that we have to go to college, to say people throughout the world will kill for. I mean, they will literally kill you and substitute, if they could, to be in our shoes. So we have, like, like Mark talked about, so we have this great opportunity to be in college, to be in school, but more than anything else, to be in God's kingdom. What are we going to do with that? And that's what Joshua challenged the people as they arrived into the promised land. It wasn't the end. It was just the beginning. Choose. I thought I already chose. I, I became a Christian X amount of years ago. I thought I already chose that. But choosing is every day every day you woke up this morning you chose what you were going to wear you chose what you were going to eat nicole our daughter you know she's a senior one of those kids that uh, mark talked about she's choosing to go either to university of washington or university of uh, california in san diego okay to me there's no choice she's not here so i want to talk about it a little bit okay University of Washington, if she goes there at the end of four years, she'll be in debt $110,000. University of California, San Diego, if she goes there after four years, she'll be in debt $15,000. To me, there's no choice. What's the choice? She's not going to listen to this tape. I'm not going to worry about it. Please don't tell her as I said this. So we choose, right? We weigh out different things. What is important to us? And we choose, even though there's a great cost, $110,000. She's still considering it because obviously there's something there that attracts her to University of Washington versus the UC San Diego. We all choose. And what we choose reveal the kind of hearts that we have towards God. So Joshua, by this time, he was an old man preaching the word. He gathered the people together, and he says, listen. He says, you're going to cross the Jordan. He gives a whole synopsis of the people of Israel, all the way from Abraham on down to this point. He says, here we are. Here we are. He says, then you crossed the Jordan, and you came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gershites, the Hevites, the Jebusites. I made it. The Termites. <laughs> I don't mean, know. Just all these mites. But I gave them into your hands. I sent, them, I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you, also the two Amorite kings. You did not do it with your own sword and bow. You know what blows me away? God sent one hornet and destroyed all those guys. Can you imagine if he sends two hornets? I'm just kidding. One hornet. Does anyone ever figure that one out? I, I still haven't figured it out. It's a it's a euphemism for something else. God sends the fear, the reputation of the Israelites ahead. God says that these people, the Israelites, are fearsome. So their enemies when they heard that the Israelites were coming. Their reputations preceded them. And these people were in fear because of God's people, God's action. There was power in these people. And yet, you know what happened? Joshua still was not convinced. It wasn't like, great, you guys are in, you guys are great, we're doing great. He still challenges them. Let's turn our Bibles to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. And he challenges them in verse 14. And, you know, this is in Vietnamese. It's still, I was looking at what it meant, you know, that one hornet. So I was looking through all the different translations. It says one hornet. Even in the Vietnamese, it says one hornet. That's what it says. In Joshua 24 and verse 14, it says, Now fear the Lord. And serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors. Worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. He still challenges them. He says, now you're here. We've done a lot of work already, but we're here. He says, I challenge you to throw away the gods of your ancestors that your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates rivers." You know, Mark touched on that today about these kids who are making decisions. And he challenges his son. He says, hey, son, we're not going after, that's not our God. That's not our idol. We live for something else. And he calls these people, he says, what is in your heart? He says, we are about to do great things, but I need to know what's in your heart. What are you really, really worshiping today? What's really the most important thing to us? And Joshua says, it cannot be. It's got to be God. I want to ask you today, myself included, to really seek, you know, the secret chambers of our hearts. What's really important? Are we happy today? Are we excited that we're in the kingdom of God today? Or is it something that's really detracting us and taking away from uh, from that because it's missing? Man, if I only have this. I am really gonna be happy. If my whatever, my marriage is better, if my husband is better, if my wife would do this, it would be really good. If what? And Joshua says, you you gotta, you gotta your ancestor at that time, they worship a ton of gods. And we think, wow, it's so different. You know, they have the rain god, they have the harvest god, they had the you know, cattle god, they had all kinds of gods. And we think, wow, that's so long ago. Not really. It still happens today. You know, in India, there's a big law that, come, that came out these past uh, couple of years. And the law states that um, the sale and the butchering of cows are prohibited in certain states in India. Why? Because they think that the cow, it's sacred. They think that the, that's where you get the sacred cow. Anyway, that's another story. They think that the cow is sacred, sacred, so they don't they don't want to slaughter it. Back then, this is thousands of years ago. It's our society has changed, but real, really, there's still a lot of stuff today, even in a physical sense that we still can talk about. But obviously, for us, it's not a cow, right? What are some sacred cows that the Bible challenges us that are in? our hearts that we need to throw away to serve God, to be 100% fully committed to God as an individual, but as a people as well. You see, a lot of times it's the church, right? We rely a lot on the church. What does the church do? How is the church helping me? How is the church serving me? What is the church presenting? And we do need to spend time doing that, But at the end of the day, you're only at church like two hours, three hours. It's what we do with the rest of the hours that we have, the decisions that we make. And Joshua challenges them. He says, listen, what are some secret things in our lives that we're holding on to? He says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day, whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites, in whose lands you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You know, our generation today, even uh, last night we went to a dance that um, Nicole and Rachel in Culver City, they, they are a part of, and their theme is pushing the limits it seems to me that our society today really wants not to be like what Mark says, oh, I don't want to command anybody. That's old school. That's archaic. That's in the 50s during the Eisenhower era. We're in the new era now. Everything is like or not like or, you know, everything is like everybody has a social voice. I'm afraid. I don't want to command anybody. that's not what the Bible, yeah, that's true. We can go back to that, but what did Joshua say? Joshua says, listen, it is, you're right, it is up to you. Nobody's going to make us. A lot of times the church gets blamed for things. That we already made a decision we chose a long time ago to do. To worship God, to put God first ahead of everything else. So when we are calling people, this is, hey, look, we're meeting together, whether we call it a meeting of the body or we call it whatever. It's, it's scripture that we're responsible for. The church is here just to help us. But at the end of the day, it's our job. It's my responsibility in my relationship with my wife, with my kids. I can get help from people. But at the end of the day, it's my responsibility. And ultimately, my responsibility vertically with God as well. So a lot of times in the church when we're called to give our contribution, to, be, to contribute together to the work, it's really not each other. We, God hopefully uses us, but it's really God. It's the Scripture. You know, I appreciate Tony. I appreciate Tony's voice. Now, whether what we believe in the tithe or whatever hey, look, in some degree, it's very debatable in the New Testament. I appreciate Tony. Tony went back. That's his conviction from his study of the Word of God. And whatever our convictions are, the Bible says what? To give sacrificially. That's that's the base. So it's not a number. It's not a percentage. But it's the heart behind it. It's our own personal relationship with God. So what did he say? He says, hey, look, if it's undesirable, no one's going to make us. No one's forcing us to do anything. It's it's our own relationship with God. He says, listen, if it's undesirable, then choose for yourself what you want to serve, what I want to serve. It's a choice that God gives us. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. What Joshua did was ingenious. What did he do? He turned it around. He says, listen, I'm not making this decision for you. He says, I'm telling you what you need to do, but you are witnesses against yourselves. He says, it's your relationship with God. I'm responsible for helping you, but I'm not responsible for you. You're responsible for you. You know, the Bible says, and we don't have it on the board, but in in the Old Testament it says that the heart is deceitful above all things. That's why we need each other. But the Bible also says that guard your heart. It is the wellspring of life. It's the heart that we're talking about. It's our relationship with God, and that's how God wants us to live. He doesn't want us to come here because we have to do something. He wants us to come here because we want to be here. That's so much better, isn't it? So in our family groups, don't rely on the next load just on the family group leader. It's you. What are you going to do? How are you going to make your family group great? It's every little piece working together. It's one gospel. Different little pieces, but one gospel. It's the heart. All of it is the heart. But the heart translates into action, not just sitting there and feeling something, but it translates into something. They say, yes, we are witnesses. They reply, yeah, it's, it's us. It's us. It's on us. You know, Jesus worked with his guys, right? And this always is amazing to me because he gives them the answer. It's like a test where he gives them the answer and asks them, what is the question? He says, he says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? He gives them the answer while asking the question. And then they reply, well, some say John the Baptist. They still got it wrong. Others says Elijah and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. You see, Jesus was like, who do you? And then he goes on. He says, what about you, he asks, Who do you say I am? You see, Jesus was not like, let me give you the answer, that's it, follow. He said, I want you to think. I want you to really think about this. Who do you say I am? What do you think about me? What do you think I'm trying to tell you? And he presses upon the, the Christians to think. And to make decisions, to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Mind, heart, soul, and strength. You know, in Ephesians 5, let's turn our Bibles there. I don't have the text on the screen, so we're going to do this the old-fashioned way. In Ephesians chapter 5, here's the difference between worship in terms of like just like admiring and worship in terms of obedience. In Ephesians chapter 5, you see, I lived in Asia for a long time, and we like to make idols. You know, Paul, Joshua says, throw away your idols. In Asia, we like to make idols. You know why? Because when we put our idols up, we worship the idol, and we say, you're the, you're the God, I'm not. So I'm just going to give you my dues, but I'm not, I'm not you. But in Christianity, it's different. Because what we see in Jesus, he actually expects us to obey. And to imitate. And in Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible says this, Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. You know, he calls us to imitate and to give ourselves up just like he gave himself up for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God. We are a daily offering to God. What does that mean? Well, I don't know. What does that mean for you? What are some changes that you want to grow in? You know, in my relationship with Lena, we've been married 23 years, and I tell you what, I mean, we get more comfortable with each other, but there's still a lot of things that I would like to grow and change in so that Lena can get... You know, maybe a new husband every year. You know, and I'm the guy, but a new... Wow, that's interesting, Ken. You know, throw a little spice in our relationship. Wow, you've really grown in that. Instead of same old, same old, same old. No expectation. No impetus to change. And that's where a relationship and a marriage dies. Like any relationship. The West, guys, one gospel. I think we're entering a time when, you know, we are going to be teaching people the gospel. But until then, in the next couple of months, I want us to really focus on ourselves. Focus on the growth that we need to take. Not, not church organization, not church governance. Those things are debatable. And then there are so many different styles. Nobody has the answers to that. You know why? Because God doesn't give us the answers to those things. That's not the point. It's us. What are you going to do for the next month? What are we going to do for the next month and a half as we get ready to teach other people, let's teach ourselves. Let's choose God, amen? Let's choose the great things in God. Let's choose, man, I'm really ticked off. I'm really mad. Let me just give my very minimal. Let me give my best instead. Let me see, instead of relying on someone else, to do some more, Let me see what I can do in this to make my group better, stronger. Number two, commit. I thought we did already. We need reminders. Jesus is Lord, remember? Look at what Joshua did. He says, and the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. Look how many times he made them say that. Read the book of Joshua, 24, 25, 23, 24, 25. Look how many times he made them. He cornered them into saying, it's not my choice, it's you. And they said, we will already. We will. He says, on that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people, and there at Shechem he reaffirmed for them decrees and laws. Basic things. Basic things. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God and he took a large stone he set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. You know, he says, listen, I'm glad that you have decided. I'm going I'm to dedicate this rock and if you go back and read it, it says this rock has bore witness to us. This rock has heard what you said. This rock has heard what God said and this will be a symbol of that renewed covenant that we made before God. Again, the people of Israel. I want to encourage us today. You know, whether we became Christian a year ago or 30 years ago, let's renew that covenant. You know, people do that every once in a while, right? They renew their marriage. They renew their relationship. They take stock of what's good, what's not good. And they go, yeah, I want to renew myself in this relationship to you. And that's exactly what Joshua did to the people of Israel. The West, as we begin our new trimester of one gospel, we're getting ready to teach. What are we going to teach? We're going to teach our love for God. Not just a few words. Our commitment to God. Our devotion to God. And our relationship with God. Where people, even before we open one page of the scripture with them, They see it in us. They see a difference. But man, these people are living for something else. They're different. There's something about them. And that's how we're going to win the West, the, the world. There's a difference in that. You know, as we get ready to take communion, you know, what is communion? And Paul talks about this. He says, for I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. He says, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and says, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He says, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. He uses that word covenant. He says that's why Paul says, listen, we need to do this really with the strictest most joy and yet at the same time we need to do this with great reverence as well. Because in other passages, what did he say? He says some of us When we take the communion, we're not serious about this. And that's why he says, some of you are sick. He says, man, our hearts are down. We're way down. We're not excited the way that we should be. We feel sick. We look kind of sick. And he says, when we do this, we take it, and the Bible says what? He says, we proclaim the Lord's death. When we take the communion, we are proclaiming the fact that Jesus died for us. That his body was broken for us, we take it seriously, and that the blood that was shed, it was shed for us, and individually and collectively as a church. So he says, let's do this as a covenant before God. What is the Old Testament or New Testament? We are a covenant people, and as we take communion together, we are bound together by this covenant that Jesus made for us. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful to you that uh, we have an opportunity to uh, eat with you, to drink with you, and uh, God, to have a relationship with you, the relationship that was bought uh, for us on a cross. God, help us to really take it uh, seriously and uh, take it with sobriety, but at the same time, Father, with great joy. God, I pray that as we take communion, we make a decision, God, to put you first, that we throw off everything that hinders in our relationship with you. And that, uh, Father, be pleased with us, God. Father, look down on us as we make these decisions, God. Help us in our decisions, God. Give us strength because we are weak and uh, we are uh, just uh, so bound up by our own self, God. Father, thanks so much for the the body that was was beaten for us. Uh, Thanks so much for the blood that was shed for us. Thanks so much for the forgiveness of our sins. Father, we close out our time together as we take communion. God, I pray that our time has been pleasing to you. Help us to rededicate ourselves to you. We pray in Jesus' name.